This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Purple Daily is daily Vikings entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. I will ride with this group. Seriously, man. Please. In a way, we go. Purple Access is the show, and you're saying right now, why is it just two guys? We're three guys. Ordinarily, uh, Tyler Fornis. It's ordinarily Chip Scoggins. Well, Tyler, it, it was his scheduled week. He has a very good excuse for an absence, though, because the uh, man in charge at Vikings Wire and a huge football when it comes to draft time, a huge football nerd who does a great job. He's actually in Mobile, Alabama at the at the Senior Bowl watching prospects, and uh, he will bring back a full report, uh, Purple Daily on draft, that he will do early next week with Miles and Declan. So it's Judd and Ross. You're going to have to muddle through with us. And Ross, we have a Super Bowl matchup. We have the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers in a week from Sunday. Um in a game which includes two blue bloods, who are you go- going to be pulling for, and how do you decide on who to root for in a Super Bowl where both of the teams are probably widely hated by many? Well, this is a great topic, and I want you to weigh in as well. And I know we have something fun planned here in just moments. Very interesting because I think Judd, for the game itself, I think the 49ers should win. I would not be surprised if Kansas City does win i continue to operate under the theory even though he's really good at getting to the big game as a coordinator or a coach kyle shanahan's had some bad moments in super bowls Mm -hmm. go back to the 28 to 3 debacle where him and matt ryan were snapping the ball in the fourth quarter with 15 sometimes 20 seconds left on the play clock in a game they were trying to run out the clock to win a super bowl All-time bad moment. That's one of the the worst moments in Super Bowl history. Then you go back to when Kyle Shanahan was leading the Niners in the Super Bowl. Remember, they led early, had a lead for much of that game. Jimmy G has a bad overthrow, Mm kind of leads to losing the Super Bowl for the Niners. There's an alternate universe, Judd, where Jimmy G is still the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers if they win that Super Bowl. Uh, This game specifically... This is how I typically pick Super Bowls, and I'm being dead serious about this since we never have a team, since our team's never there, Mm -hmm. hence the name uh, Before I Die, the show that you and I do with Jesse Pierce during the season, and the rallying cry for Purple Daily. Judd, I honestly look at the rosters and try and see who has the most University of Minnesota Golden Gophers on the team, and that that tends to be who I cheer for. Now, Mm -hmm. I got to be honest, I haven't looked at these two rosters yet. 
I'm fairly positive, though, that neither one has a former Golden Gopher. So then I think it's who hasn't won in the longest time, which for these two teams is kind of hilarious because, as you said, they're blue bloods. So I think I'm cheering for the Niners. But, Judd, it's fun to watch a Super Bowl when you don't really dislike either team, right? I don't have to cheer against the Packers or against the Lions. I can just watch the game and enjoy it. How do you decide who you're quote-unquote rooting for or okay with winning? If you're a Vikings fan, to me, this is as simple as can be. You are cheering heavily for San Francisco because Brock Purdy is the last pick in the NFL draft and has a chance to win a Super Bowl. And you ain't going to get, unless you unless you strike gold, and I don't know how, you know, Kansas City clearly did good for them, but Patrick Mahomes, you're not, he, he ain't, as Rick Pitino said, walking through th- that door. San Francisco has a very, um, what's the word? It, it's not a word, but I'll say it. Copyable formula. Like, yeah, if, yep. like, like, you know, they've got the last pick, the Trey Lance thing blows up, they get Purdy, which is, you know, great. Uh, Debo Samuel is a unicorn and he is unique, but you can, you can find that. And then Christian McCaffrey is an all in trade with Carolina, which was, which the Vikings, I mean, I've always said, I thought, I think it was in 19, uh, collar. And I talked about this back in the day. I always said, I thought that you should have gone to Jacksonville and tried to pry Jalen Ramsey away when the Rams did. Cause that was the type of all in trade that if you win a Super Bowl, you ain't going to care. So, I think you root for the Niners, not because you like them especially, but because I look at the Chiefs and I'm like, okay, starting with the quarterback, I don't, that's a lot of good fortune. San Francisco, you can see the roadmap there. And I think it's a, it's a roadmap, including the the fact that Kevin O'Connell's friends with Kyle Shanahan that I think you can copy a bit. So I think solely based on your own rooting interest in the Vikings, San Francisco gives you a ray of hope, at least, where Kansas City, it's like, okay, now you go get Pat Mahomes. Good luck with that. Well, what I think is really interesting about this matchup, Judd, and you basically just alluded to it, you have what is staring the Vikings right in the face. You have two options here. You can either maybe draft or find that rock star quarterback, a la Patrick Mahomes-like, probably won't be him, but somebody like him. Right. Or you can do the opposite. You can kind of do what a fair amount of teams have done where you have a quarterback, maybe not making a fair amount of money, especially Brock Purdy's basically literally making about the least amount of money you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And you backfill your roster and you make it loaded every which way. Now I will say this about Brock Purdy. He's far better than I ever gave him credit for. And he deserves all of the accolades, but it's really helpful to the 49ers that right now they don't have to worry about paying him 30, 40, huge. million a year. So the Vikings, I think, can look at this and choose their own destiny, so to speak. You can say, do we try and go the Kansas City route, or do we try and go the San Francisco 49ers route? Yeah. How about you land in the middle? You don't have Mahomes, but you don't have the last pick. And to your point, you do have a quarterback who doesn't break your bank. Okay, so you said that, that your ordinary method for picking a team that you're going to root for in the Super Bowl is to look at the former golfers. You have a fun exercise plan though, in okay. which in which you in which your suggestion, and I love this, is to go through our top five Vikings who have won Super Bowls elsewhere, of course. <laughs> I love this. I say we start with you but go back and forth. 
Okay, perfect. Perfect. So, so, but I would, this is a, this is a fun and great list of guys. Um, it is unbelievable though. I, I went through like a top 20 list of all time greats yes. from this franchise. It is unbelievable how few of them got out of Dodge. Well, like Tarkington did. He went to the Giants. He never won a Super Bowl. What I think's crazy, Judd, is on this list, you're going to see players from me that either won Super Bowls before or after being with the Vikings. Sure. It's not all exclusive. Oh, they started their careers here yeah. and left. Sometimes it goes the other way. Actually, now that I think about it, for one of them, it goes the other way. The other ones won their Super Bowls The majority Bowls of afterwards. them were here and then left. Correct. Yeah, there are a lot of guys got stuck here. But anyway, starting with you, our top five Vikings uh, who won Super Bowls, elsewhere and what i love about this list judd it's going to be subjective you and i are going to leave people off this list that people are going to oh. comment and say oh this person should have been on Good. there i'll start with i think the most obvious one probably on your list too maybe not i still can't believe all these years later i'm saying this i'm talking about the player not the person that is number four brett Favre, who almost almost won a super bowl with Mm -hmm. the Minnesota Vikings. I, honestly, I don't know how you can leave him off the list. Mm -hmm. One, it's Mr. Green Bay Packer getting the Vikings on the precipice of a Super Bowl to the NFC Championship game, a game I think most people feel like the Vikings should have won, could have won, perhaps maybe did win on a technicality if they turned the ball over five times. But I think it starts with Brett Favre. That I, I don't, And when we're going through this, I was thinking, is he number five? Is he number one? It doesn't really matter because we're just naming off the players. But I... Right. I think it's Brett Favre. Fun, fun player. The longer he was in Green Bay, he started to annoy me. But you didn't you anno you were annoyed by him, at least I was, because of how good he was and that Green Bay was always in the mix. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily annoyed because of who he was. It was more what he was able to do. And the nineties were a different ballgame because if you recall in the nineties, Brett Favre's early seasons were marked by horror in the Metrodome. Yes. So like the Vikings would give him nightmares. He, I, I remember when I was my first year for the Star Tribune on the Packers beat, which was 2003, putting together a chart of Favre statistics in the 90s at the Metrodome, and they were god-awful. So like the Vikings had an advantage. The incredible thing about Favre and Rodgers is this. They each only won one, one Super Bowl apiece for how incredibly talented both were and for how the Packers dominated a lot of that time period. Um, the fact that Brett like didn't go back to back and beat the Broncos or something is really, and in the amount of heartbreak he had in big games. Yes. Uh, but yes, that is uh that's one where that that's one of the greatest. What, what ifs in Vikings history, which is if you don't turn the ball over continually against the saints, what does Favre do in that Super Bowl two weeks after speaking of heartbreak, Judd, one of my all time favorite non-Vikings just because of what he did to Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers. Our guy, R.W. McCorders, had a mm. big day of heartbreak mm. for Brett Favre in that championship game and what? That would have been 08, yep. 09, I believe, at Lambeau Field. Thank you, R.W. McCorders, for stopping Green Bay from potentially winning another Super Bowl. Judd, who do you got? Who's first on your list? So I'm, I'm going to go a little bit um, uh, like... You, you said this is not a ranking, so it's not like one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to go with, since you brought up Favre, I'm going to go with a teammate of Brett Favre's on that 1996 season Super Bowl team, the 35-21 to victors against the Patriots. And I'm going to go with this because I find it to be so 
Um, it's such an odd swing and miss by the Vikings and the Packers for years benefited. I'm going to go with the gravedigger, Gilbert Brown. Yes. Who was a third round, who was a third round pick of the Vikings in 93. I think he was from Kansas state and he was cut in his first training camp because of his weight. He came in super fat, but I mean, the man was huge, but he came in too fat. Denny Green got pissed, and in the final cuts, he's a third-round pick. Third-round pick. It's early in Green's tenure, and I think he was trying to set an example. Gilbert Brown, though, who was a you know nose tackle du jour, is really, really good, then played for the Packers 93-99 to and had a second act with them, 2001-3. to He never played a game here, but he was a third-round <laughs> pick. And if you remember by, you know, 90, what was it, seven or so, they had to go out and get like Jerry Ball from Cleveland because they needed, you know, you need those nose tackles, especially back then. So Gilbert Brown, good for you. You were a Super Bowl champion and you really should have been a Viking for the majority of your career because despite the weight problem, that dude was a monster in the middle of that Packers defensive line that won a Super Bowl. It's fun to play these out, Judd, and just think, if Gilbert Brown stays here, what does that do for the Minnesota Vikings? What does that do if he's on the roster for the 98-99 well, Minnesota Vikings? I got a question for you. Who knows? What What if the Vikings don't release Brown, who, again, played a long time, if they keep Gil- Gilbert Brown, and instead of being scared of the fact that there were draft day reports about th- this guy— in the first round, panicking and taking Derek Alexander, what if they take Warren, Warren Sapp? Warren Sapp, yeah. A great what if. All, I mean, that talk, defense now gets all that much better. We could talk about these what ifs all day long. Judd, uh, my second player, I'm going to stay with the quarterback position. I got a feeling he might be on your list. I'm going with Whiskey Wade Wilson. Won okay. a Super Bowl holding the clipboard for Troy Aikman in the 1995-1996 season. People forget how long Wade Wilson was a Minnesota Viking. He was here for a decade from 1981 several times to 1991. Okay. And you, you would have seen him play several times because he appeared in 76 games, starting 48 of them. And Ross as a wee little lad remembers the Wade Wilson days. Uh, I wouldn't say fondly because I barely remember them. I would have been literally five or six years old when he was in his last season here for the Minnesota Vikings, but obviously watching highlights following his career and um, passed away in 2019, but he was a fellow brother of the pancreatic disorder. So I got to give him a shout okay. out for that as a fellow diabetic, but Wade Wilson, Super Bowl champion. And I know Troy Aikman actually speaks very fondly of Wade Wilson whenever it gets brought up. So I think that's kind of cool. Wade Wilson, my second favorite Minnesota Viking to win a Super Bowl elsewhere i believe he also had a stint as the cowboys quarterbacks coach and the bears perhaps um i remember seeing him play on a monday night game here at met stadium against the raiders in 81 so yeah he and he and tommy kramer were here forever and i think tommy took i think tommy nicknamed him whiskey because he didn't really drink and of course tommy (laughs) drank a lot and still does um so i'm going to stay on the same path again and i'm actually surprised i thought this would be your guy after Favre. But another QB, if I'm not mistaken, a 12th round draft pick when we had 12 rounds, Brad Johnson. He is on my list. So we'll talk about Rich, it. Who beat Rich Gannon in the in the 2002 season Super Bowl, 
Tampa Bay 48, Oakland 21. Uh, Brad Johnson, though, just a really, really good guy. And, I mean, he came, he deserves credit because in his first go-round as a Viking, uh, he worked himself up, as I said, from like a 12th-round pick. He was a nobody. I don't, I think there was a very good chance he wasn't going to make the roster to being a starting QB. And then he got you the first-round pick from Washington with which you took Culpepper. And, and then you he, got him back, and he came in in 2005 when Culpepper got hurt and played damn well. So Brad Johnson, who I always liked, is incredibly smart guy as far as uh, that went. Brad Johnson, though, good for him. He has a Super Bowl ring. Brad Johnson spent some time in NFL Europe, the now defunct yes, NFL Europe, I if I remember that. Maybe the Frankfurt Galaxy, Ryan yeah, Fire. I remember watching him. Fox used to show those games. I miss those days. Bring back NFL Europe, although probably never going to come back with the CFL and the USFL. And it was XFL. the best spring. You know what? I, it was now. Now the first you're, you're too young for this. Uh, the first incarnation of the USFL, Herschel Walker, Jim Kelly, yep. um, which was going to be a spring summer league. And then, of course, decided, I think because of Trump, I think he's the one who said, let's let's go go head to head. Um NFL Europe, though, is probably the best football I watched as far as the real developmental stuff. Yeah, and that was its intention. Exactly. It was it was designed to do that and get. And Fox the, used to show them. Yes, they did, and they'd they be on. I think they were Saturdays for the mm -hmm. most part on Fox in the springtime. Mm -hmm. Brad Johnson in that Super Bowl winning year, Judd. It's just kind of fun to compare eras and different times, even though it wasn't that far ago. Brad Johnson, just over 3,000 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, and six interceptions that season. Yeah. But again, that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was loaded. Maybe not as good as that Baltimore Ravens defense led by Ray Lewis in the Trent Dilfer year, but that was a great defense. So I also had Brad Johnson. So I'll give you... London Monarchs. Is that who he was? London Monarchs? I just Monarchs? looked it up on Wikipedia. London Monarchs. How many teams can you name? There was the Rhine Fire, the yep, Frankfurt, Frankfurt Galaxy, Galaxy. The, the Monarchs London, I'd forgotten about. The London Monarchs. There were, what, six or eight teams? You know what? You keep talking. I'll find it for <laughs> That's you. That's all I Great got. question. Keep so talking. I got, I got two left. They're fairly recent. Uh, this player won two Super Bowls for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's probably mainly on my list for his time as a Minnesota Golden Gopher. That would be Tyrone Carter, who was drafted Ooh. by the Minnesota Vikings in the fourth round, spent three years for the Minnesota Vikings before signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a free agent. Their first Super Bowl in 2005-2006, he played in every game and was on the roster for both of their Super Bowls. A guy who has a Super Bowl ring, thanks to what, Judd? Two different quarterbacks in 2000. 2005, 2006, why am I blanking? Who was quarterbacking that team? Or why, it wasn't Ben Roethlisberger for both, was it? Um, why am I blanking on No, who 2006, was... 2006 was Roethlisberger because he he was okay. he was in the Greenway draft, right? Okay, so then it was Ben Roethlisberger for both Super Bowls. No, 2005, I don't think you're, I think you're right. I don't think it was. <laughs> Let me look this up. I don't know why I'm blanking on yeah, this. Yeah, I'm not. I was staring at the name last night and I can't remember, but I'm going with Tyrone Carter. Okay. Okay. Um, I am going to shift over to the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Now, Matt Burke won it because he left here, and good for him. That's awesome. But the deliciousness of this is not Matt Burke. It's that Bryant McKinney was on that 2012 
Ravens roster. (laughs) Brian McKinney, 34-21, the night the lights went out in New Orleans at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Brian McKinney, who was honest to God, he was cut by the Vikings in training camp a few years before. Um, in fact, I think it was, I, no, in fact, I think it was that year he was cut because his cholesterol was so high. They were afraid he was going to have a heart attack on the field <laughs> and clearly funny. because of the tragedy, the tragedy that surrounded Stringer and stuff. There was, I mean, it, it was a genuine concern. Uh, but Bryant McKinney then who I always thought was a marvelous talent who didn't really enjoy. I, I, I never thought he liked the sport that, that much. And by the way, I don't blame, I don't blame anyone that doesn't like football because it's a brutal sport. Um, but Bryant McKinney on my list, because I think it's forgotten that he actually went and got a ring. Brian McKinney, another guy who, when you go back and you look at Minnesota Vikings players, Judd, and again, he didn't even love the sport openly admitted that and has talked about that. Yep. Great. Talent. He's still probably one of the greater offensive linemen in Minnesota Vikings history. Great. I don't know talent. how, I don't know how high. But when he was on and engaged and interested, yeah, he was you. You couldn't get past him. I think what also helped him was in 2006 when Childress came here and they signed Steve Hutchinson to be his left guard because Steve Hutchinson was not going to put up with any BS and he loved football. Steve loved to kick people's butts. Um, but I mean, Steve's a Hall of Famer for a reason. That's a great signing. And I always thought that that probably helped because Steve Hutchinson bolstered that line. And I think it probably gave McKinney the kick in, in the pants. And if you remember in 2009, after the Vikings, or it was 2010 by then, McKinney was a pro bowler. And I think it was the first year that, that they weren't going to Hawaii. They actually played yes. the pro bowl in Miami. He got booted. Which is McKinney's hometown. He got booted because he showed up for like the first NFC meeting. And then didn't show up. And they're like, you you know, yeah, there's not a lot of strategy in this game, but you got to show up. He was kicked off the team. That's a great memory. Here's our issue, what we're, what we're uh, struggling with with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben okay. Roethlisberger is a two-time Super Bowl champion. Should have yeah. been three-time, but he gave Green Bay a Super Bowl championship. And he was 2005? Um, 2005, he okay. was the quarterback. I'm but remember, Tommy Maddox was on that roster, too. Oh. Remember Tommy Maddox? Probably XFL. Yep, him and Rod Smart, basically the only yep. players that in the first iteration Angeles, of the right? XFL, I believe so. Okay. And Rod Smart went by he hate me in the XFL. Las Vegas. If you, re- if you remember that. Yep. Look at you in your XFL knowledge. And then became a Philadelphia Eagle, and then he was back to being Rod Smart. So we shared uh, one player. So I have Brett Favre, Wade Wilson, Tyrone Carter, and Brad Johnson. Here's another one I'll give because I think it's a great feel-good story. It's Jarek McKinnon. Remember, Jarek, yeah, Jarek McKinnon was very good for the Minnesota Vikings. They took him with the third-round pick, came from a small college, had a good career here, but inevitably it was time for him to spread his wings and go make money somewhere else. Remember, he went to the Niners and just had two debilitating injuries, yep. Yep. did next to nothing for them. Kansas City takes a flyer on him, and in 2022-2023, last season, he has 10 touchdowns for the Chiefs in the regular season, only one rushing. They utilized him with over 50-plus receptions in the passing game, Swiss and, he's, and he's still really good at that. So, yep. Jarek McKinnon, McKinnon, that's my guy. Yeah, he uh, – Yep, and, I, and hurt again. Because he's got a groin now. Because I, I thought to myself, I didn't see him last week. It's because 
at the end of the regular season, season at least, excuse me, he was placed on IR with a groin. Uh, the last one I will give you is Percy Harvin. 87-yard okay. yep. kickoff return for a touchdown to, to a guy who once hit Golden Tate in Seattle. Um, we have found out that, you know, Percy with the migraines and stuff uh, certainly had some off-the-field problems, which we sort of knew about. But uh, th- this guy's talent, just absolutely immense. I've always wondered if Percy Harvin came along now and things were, you know, mentally right for him. Yep. I mean, I think he'd be unbelievable now. He was great back then. I mean, as a rookie with the Vikings, uh, he played a huge role in, in their run to the conference championship game. I mean, immediate impact. If I'm not mistaken, he caught a touchdown from Favre in week one of 09 against Cleveland. I think Just he an did immense in the, talent. In the, maybe it was a, might have been a screen pass. Was there a screen pass that he maybe I, took in from inside the 10 or 15? Yeah, I want to say Favre changed a route at one point. But anyway, Percy Harvin... Um, Forces his way out, gets traded to Seattle, and what was actually a really good trade for Spielman. That trade worked out great for the Vikings. But yes, Percy Harvin did then win a Super Bowl in what was one of the worst Super Bowls in recent memory <laughs> because Seattle 43, Denver 8 in 2013 season. Percy Harvin, there's parallels there if he was healthy and playing in today's game to Debo Samuel, right? What you could Correct. do with him. The Correct. Vikings used him often. Not so much in the run game, but they would design short passes for him. He, could he was lined up in the slot outside. Correct. He made he made Sidney Rice more dangerous because you had to account for, for him. And Daryl Bevel, who was calling plays at that point, was really good. He did move around. And I always thought that Percy was a very smart player. So Percy, I think, was athletically intelligent. And so, like, he was a pain. He's the type of guy that any team could absolutely turn into a star now. He was a star then. Unfortunately, a lot of the the migraines and off-the-field stuff uh, caught up to him. But Percy Harvin did get that ring before he was done. I got a few honorable mentions for you, and then we'll get into some comments from YouTube that I pulled from the Purple Daily channel. Uh, don't forget Tavares Jackson. Brad Childress yep. always told us one day he would be a Super Bowl champion quarterback. He technically was as a yep. backup in a Super Bowl. Fred Robbins had a really nice run for the New York Giants when he left here, won a Super Bowl with the New York Giants. Mm -hmm. And a couple of hilarious ones, Judd, that I wanted to mention just for fun. Bill Musgrave was a backup to Steve Young in the 1994 season. 49ers, yeah. Yeah, so how about that, Bill Musgrave? And never forget, Judd, in 1999-2000, Amp Lee had three whole carries for the St. Louis Rams at the time. So there's your... uh, I'm going to guess Amp Lee the first time he's ever been mentioned on Purple Daily. And uh, yeah, and Amp Lee and of course, uh, Roger Craig in the 90s played for the Vikings after successful stints with San Francisco. So so here's my most amazing non-ring one though. Okay. Randy Moss. Randy Moss never won a ring. He had absolutely two, incredible. Two chances and never won the undefeated Patriots team and that Niners team that was quarterbacked by... That wasn't Alex Smith. That was Kaepernick. That was Kaepernick. Yeah. Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah, but he was a scrub on that team. That's that Patriots team. My God. But you still would have given him like that was that was my yeah, point he, though. I, I still wanted it. him to win that Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, He's probably the best to never win one. Oh God. When yeah. it comes to Vikings. Yes. Uh before we go to comments from YouTube, World League of American football teams, okay? Okay. Different years here. This is going to bug some... me, Judd, because I know so many of these, but I can't Bar- think of them right now. Europe. Barcelona, Barcelona Dra- Dragons. 
Barcelona Dragons, Frankfurt Galaxy, London Monarchs. I forgot about this. North America East, Montreal Machine, New York, New Jersey Knights, the Ohio Glory, the Orlando Thunder, I sort of recall, the Raleigh-Durham Skyhawks, North America West, this is it, only three teams, Birmingham Fire, San Antonio Riders, Sacramento Surge. I forgot about those other divisions. And it's all 91-92, but uh, Raleigh-Durham looks like it folded after 91. Ohio Glory was around in 92. And then San Antonio, Judd, why do we always name every San Antonio team either the Riders or the Rough Riders? I get it, but can we branch out? That seems like to always... Like two CFL teams, <laughs> spelled to... differently. The seems... Rough Riders all one word and the Rough Riders. By the way, uh, the uh, Write That Downs this week in the Purple Daily feed and the Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd taking on Canadians. The one on Purple Daily even mentioning my guy Bud Grant and the Blue Bombers. Love that stuff. Oh, you're a big Blue Bombers guy. Yeah, for the W. Manny Hill. Love the Blue Bombers. Judd, let's unveil a new segment here on Purple Access that we hope to do with uh, Tyler Fornis every other week. You commented, we read it. <laughs> is, this a, is this a ransom note? Now, we're talking about it. It's Purple Access's comments from YouTube. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Okay, so Judd, this is actually really kind of funny. Scouring the comments, and I think it's because obviously the team missed the playoffs and Mm -hmm. we're watching teams excel in the playoffs and we have a Super Bowl matchup. The comments the last week or so, very negative. Vikings fans are not happy. They're not happy. Can't believe that. You know what? And I can't believe it either. And and you know what? Why would they be after the season they endured? Here's a couple for you. And, And some of these are very similar, but we can take different things out of each comment. This is from Charter Richard 831. We gave Rick and Zimmer four years to try and win with this team. And we're going into year three with Cam and KOC trying to win with relatively the same team. How long are we going to continue this nightmare? When do we get to see the start of something new? A new vision for the future. Judd? Oh, boy. When um, will we get well, to see that new vision for the future? Part of the issue was, it, while it was certainly fun, the success of 2022 was sort of validation of to stay on the same track, right? You won 13 it's, games, it, you won the it division. It slowed down the progression of yeah. change. Um, I mean, you are slowly but surely seeing change. I will, you know, it's not it's not like it's all the same players. But um, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on here roscoe there's a lot going on here because not only does the 2022 draft largely look like a wasteland um but you have issues at defensive tackle now for sure uh rush and potentially if hunter's gone and even if he comes back you need some help there cornerback for sure harrison smith is probably gone and the other thing that i think we don't i was talking about this with either phil or doogie today the other thing we don't talk about enough is just an overall lack of good depth like you got some special teams team, 
guys, but I mean, you don't have, you, you know, when Andrew Booth can't play, that's a lack of depth. That's a real problem. Um, he, you, preferably he's a starter, but if he's a nothing, you know, if Brian Asamoah can't play, that's a complete lack of depth. Seen, seen might yeah. be a nothing, and so, he was the late first-round pick. This is where I, I, I am inclined to agree with the negatives of you do have to hit a certain reset here because there's some roster erosion taking place that is glaring, absolutely glaring. Dangerous Strained 596 says, this is the highest we've picked in almost a decade. Time to get a QB. I agree with this. I think you agree with this. We've been technically in the Vikings offseason for about a month now, Judd. Do we have any indication if the Minnesota Vikings agree with this? I know Quasey was at the Senior Bowl. Pretty much everybody is allegedly scouting quarterbacks. But, I mean, let's be honest. Everybody scouts quarterbacks because you right, truly right. never know. If, yeah, if the exactly. right guy falls to you at the right spot, you'll take him. But right. where are the Vikings at? Do do you think the Vikings are starting to lean any direction from what you can gather? You know, until we see what happens to Kirk, which is at least now we're going to see. Like, he's either going to resign or he's going to leave. Uh, but until we see what takes place with Kirk, I don't think that we truly know. We can guess. We can recklessly speculate, which we love to do on Thursdays when we're recording the show. But the reality is, Ross, I think we need to wait and see. Um, because if Kirk comes back, I'm not so sure. I'm I'm not so sure because, yeah, again, they need a lot of help. If Kirk doesn't come back, it has to be addressed immediately. Um, and it's either going to be free agency or a bridge guy, probably, and a draft pick. Uh, but I think it's I think it's going I think this is going to show itself. It's not like Kirk's got two years or a year left. Even I think this is going to become very obvious as we see the situation play out. I think I talked about this with Jesse Pearson yourself on Before I Die. I think no matter what, the Vikings need to leave the first round of the quarterback, or excuse me, the first round of the NFL draft, or early second round with a quarterback to at least have the fans feeling like, okay, even if Kirk Cousins is back next year, we logically know who might be quarterbacking this team in a year or two. So I think whether Kirk Cousins is back or not, you have to leave the early portion of the draft with your in-theory exit plan. And as I've always said, I know Purple Daily's talked about this a lot, you spin the wheel on quarterbacks. It's just like every draft. You take all the data you have, all the game film, all your data, all your interviews, you do the best you can, you make a pick, and then you immediately hope that it works out, right? I think you've pretty much said as much. Yep. And Judd, if it doesn't work out, what's the real downside? You're just going to try it again in three or four years. And eventually, look, easier said than done. Well, eventually, you'd like to think you'll get it right. Well, the downside, though, for Quazy and Kevin is it could cost them their jobs. Right. But if they but does bringing Kirk back really... Correct. Does that make you a Super Bowl team? Like, these are the... These are the decisions. Do you want to feel good when, when your head hits the pillow on January 6th, 6th? Do you want to feel good because you had a competitive year that came to an end? Or do you want to get fired? But if you don't get fired, you might win a Super Bowl. Like these are the yeah. these are the between the margins decisions that are easy for us to talk about. But I think it probably paralyzes some executives as far as the fear of, oh my God, if I'm wrong, I'm not going to get a ton of swings. Keep in mind, Quasi and Kevin until this changes, 
only got four-year contracts, and they'll be going into year three, Ross. And that's, again, where I think you draft the quarterback and you at least tell the Wolves, hey, you might not I'm be super you. happy with how this year I went, but the next guy's on the roster, and that's how they are able to extend their lifespan here Agree with, you. with the totally. Minnesota Vikings. Final one from Clinton Rising. Draft is one of the most exciting and important times in football. He 100% agrees with what's been talked about literally at end, how important this draft is to the Minnesota Vikings. John, I'm going to take this question and I'm going to spin it a little bit differently to you. NFL draft is most exciting and important time in football, says Clinton. Is there any other thing that the NFL does or any other sport does that's not the actual game itself that creates as much excitement as the NFL draft? Well, my personal favorite is free agency because you know the players. um, You have a very good idea of what they can and can't do, which is the same for a very small amount of college players. Um, Money is thrown around like drunken sailors. Uh, You get to talk about a team like the draft. The the post-draft grades are just this hypothetical. Like, you know, two years ago, Andrew Booth's going to be great, right? But if you sign a top cornerback, you know what you're getting. Uh, I would argue personally, and this is not taken away from, I know a lot of people love the draft, so I'm not, I'm not shooting them down. I'm just saying personally, NFL, NFL and NBA and NHL free agency. I absolutely love because it's just a circus. It didn't ever really have the ultimate payoff for the Minnesota wild Judd. But one of my favorite days in Minnesota sports history, this might show how sad it is, is how excited I was the day the Minnesota Wild signed both Ryan Suter and oh, yeah. Zach Parisi. One of the great and I think, days. Yes, 100%. And, and I think everybody thought they might be able to get one. And I think the Ryan Suter deal came in first. And I think most people were, ah, they're pretty excited about that. But I think most people would have been, Really excited if it was Parisi and then Suter. Instead, it was the other way around, but by mere minutes when the reporting was coming out. But yeah, free agency is super fun. Uh, The part that you talked about on the draft and and look, people want to rank them and I get it. It's people's jobs. But I'm with you, Judd. I care more about maybe the position that you took and I'll wait and see on the player because we all like to think that we know. But the line from fake Billy Bean and Moneyball you think you know, but you don't. Right. That's kind of, I mean, I'm not trying to even throw shade at anybody, but you're never yeah. going to know 100%. Look, you need to let things Look at the 22 out. draft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right there. Crazy didn't know. Thought he knew, didn't know. All right. We got one more new segment to unveil before we're out of here, Judge. Should we hit it? Let's do it. These extra points never miss. It's Purple Access's extra points. All right. Here's my football extra point all right i'm gonna take i'm gonna take a kick at this one and it's this you know carolina and of the eight coaching jobs carolina and seattle both gave their new coaches first timers six-year contracts which is excessive but i will applaud it because are we going to get back and i think unfortunately it's a rhetorical question i think i know the answer to but are we ever going to get back to coaches and and some sort of security to build a program? Like if your name is not Mike Tomlin, um, Harbaugh, and Belichick previously, and now he's gone, but it was a great run. 
it's just unbelievable how short, and it's why I think O'Connell's got pressure on him going into year three. And, and he's got four-year contract. A lot of these guys get five-year contracts. How many coaches is Carolina paying now? I mean, Frank Wright, Matt Rule, I think they're still paying. They're paying their new guy. Um, my extra point is this. Does it really help to continually change coaches and the cycle gets, I mean, football's become hockey. Yes, it has. It's just incredible. So my extra point is um, it's fun. You know, the cycle is fun. I enjoy it. Speculation about your next coach, blah, blah, blah. All of that being said, I don't know if the way to build a winning program is to cycle guys through as quickly as it appears the NFL now does it, Roscoe. Well, and oftentimes, Judd, you know as well as I do, some of these coaches that are getting canned at the end of the year, well, what did you even give them to work with? Right. So, you know, you're upset that you won three games with Davis Mills. Well, yeah, look at Davis Mills on the roster. How many more games well, did you Frank think Wright? you were going to win? Frank yeah, Wright gets exactly. the job to develop Bryce Young. And they don't um, even let him do that. Well, because they see D'Amico Ryans having success with C.J. Stroud in Houston. And Bryce Young, who clearly was not set to play, which is going to happen. Um, it doesn't mean he's going to be terrible. He pays the price in season. So here's my here's mine for you, Judd. Uh, extra points. We want to keep these football related. But the stated goal between us is that it can be anything football related. Correct. I'm going to bring in the Minnesota Golden Gophers here for 60 seconds here in closing. Judd, this comes from Tony Liebert, maybe Liebert on Twitter. Yep our friends at Gopher Hole. Have you seen the Gophers quarterback room as it states, or excuse me, as it sits right now? Mm-mm. Here's your Gopher football quarterback room. Now, there could be somebody else in the transfer portal window, I think in March or April. But as it sits right now, you have your starter, the grad transfer, Max Brosmer. Doogie just met, just talked to him today oh. for a Channel 5 feature. I hear he's an impressive kid. Did Doogie back Doogie that said. up? So okay. He's, very, he's but I said Doogie said he's very smart, impressive, great responses. I said, did you catch passes from Max? He said no. I said then I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that we don't really know. Uh, true freshman Drew Lindsay, who they got out of Arkansas, he probably will only play in mop up duty, or if Max Brosmer gets injured, then they have two preferred walk ins on the roster that are redshirt freshmen. Yep, and a true freshman, Doogie. Excuse me, John. Here's what I would tell you. If Max Brosmer gets injured or is just not very good at all, it is going to be a long year in Dinky Town because I think the hopes and I think everybody believes that our guy Lindsay will be very good. You're asking a lot of him to be good right away if he needs to be. So they better hope two things that Brosmer is adequate and that they can keep him healthy. Because if those things are not true, yeah. it's going to be a miserable year at Huntington Bank Stadium. Beyond that, though, Roscoe, beyond the tailgating and the in-stadium vibe, which on a Saturday is fun still, what's the incentive when every one of these teams is basically, not basically, is grouped together now? Like, e- even if it's not a bad year, you're still going to be in the middle of, what, 18 teams now? Yeah. Yep. I just don't. Well, you got to think... go back to divisions or something. And look, Big Ten West, you don't. Don't. That's terrible. But <laughs> but give me but give me something where I feel like my the team I watch can do, you know, can be competitive. This just feels like a complete non-starter to me, other well, than the top of the conference. You got to go back to the legends and leaders. Remember those great days? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the legends and leaders. I think the only hope, Judd, for these teams in super conferences that are like Minnesota is that the expanded college football playoff opens up a chance for you. 
but I would argue it still really doesn't. It's still going to no. go to those blue bloods. And if you think no. about the year that Minnesota had in 2019, we're in this new system. They would have been closer, maybe even in the college football playoff. But yeah, I'm not trying to throw shade at my favorite university. That 2019 schedule that they had, they'll never see a schedule like no. that again in the new Big Ten. College, and college football's broke. We'll see. I, I hate it's still fun. I'll still watch it. But like the system, the game's not broke. Like the game's fun to watch. Um, but the system of it is broke. I do love what you said, Judd, in closing. And I think for as much crap as you want to give PJ, I think he's a I think he's a big part of this. It's not like going to an SEC game, but they've done a really good job turning that crowd over. Yep. It's, it's more of a college atmosphere. The students the last few years Look, have been great. They've, they, fantastic. They, they've done a really nice job and the tailgating's great. So props to the U for that. All right, sir. Uh, appreciate it. Purple access. Thank you, we'll John. Back. I think we'll be back with Chip next week. It might be Tyler. We'll we'll figure that out. <laughs> but we'll talk to you soon again. Purple access sponsored by our friends at Quick Trip.